Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about meditation. your first time listening, you're probably wondering, wait, meditation is something that helps people relax, right? <laughs> um, not always so, at least for me and Chris, um, and more particularly me. We're going to get into it a little bit. Well, not just a little bit. That's the entirety of what this episode will be about, except for the inevitable extended metaphors and random tangents that we get sidetracked on. But uh, the bulk of the episode today, we're going to be discussing meditation and our nuanced relationship towards it. Indeed. Yeah, I think it should be a good episode. I'm it's something that of course, I've talked about a bunch of times on the show. But kind of the more we continued, the more it became clear that this kind of deserved its own episode, and we can dive into it a little bit further. And since we have an unlimited amount of episodes to record for an unlimited time frame, uh, or at least an indefinite time frame. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're not immortal and will die at some point, and therefore, so will this, this is podcast. true. But like, do we want to go down that path? Because that's a good way to get anxious. That's true. About that's a lot true. Of things. So I think. Probably we move away from talking about the inevitability of okay. death. Yeah, let's uh, move away from the mortality energy that I just <laughs> blew all over this podcast. Yeah, thank you for that. That was You're great. Um, now that I'm good and panicked, um, actually, I feel all right with it. I feel like we're going to go back to to a good place with this episode. And it'll be fun to dive into this a little bit just because I'm... I'm just sort of wrapping my head around what meditation can do for me in terms of anxiety. And I promise I won't get too, I don't know, wishy-washy and like, it'll change your life, man. Like, I promise I won't do that. I'll try and talk objectively about it. Yeah. Don't, and you can... don't make me strangle you with your prayer bead necklace. Okay. I don't have one uh, <laughs> But that, on that voice, <laughs> that voice, whoever that voice is, does have them. I think he has many, don't you think? From, oh, so many. From all the temples that he visited and doesn't remember the name of. Yeah. <laughs> but he does have a picture in front of him. Of course, of course. And a tattoo in a language that he doesn't understand that, you know, he just got on him, even though he only spent like a week there. Yep. And for anybody who's new today, I promise we're not horribly stereotypical and mean-spirited. Um, but we do have just mean, a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say, At but least we do we. have mean. <laughs> no, we have mean spirited moments, but they're in like in jest, know, pleasant maybe? jest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not, maybe not a pleasant jest for the person who's being jabbed. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, what can we do? We can't. We can't please everybody. No. So, how are you doing today? Um, I think you created this scale on, yeah. on a scale of what was it again? On a scale of one to. Being on your first day of a seven-day Vipassana silent meditation retreat, Love which the specificity, is my way. worst nightmare, being silent. <laughs> I like silence, don't get me wrong, but being utterly silent, just alone with my own thoughts for seven days would be probably equivalent to the amount of painfulness that like one month in jail would do to me. Like, I think I'd rather spend one month in jail than one week at a silent meditation retreat. And yeah, <laughs> I will stick with that. At least I could make friends in jail. Like, what are you going to do? Just like, like stare into someone's eyes? Like, hell no. Oh, we need to have an episode on eye contact. Chris, note that down. Okay. I got it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I mean, obviously, silence is not my forte. Let's not, uh, let's not kid around here. I, I am excited about the idea of a silent like retreat down the line. Hmm. Um, but like, but not like, not like a seven day or I just more want to challenge myself to, I talk so much and 
quite honestly, like if there's ever an awkward moment, I'm like, why don't I talk and ease everybody? Like I'd like to play the role of like, even for 12 hours or 24 hours to play that role of like, I'm just going to silently observe seven days. I don't know. I feel like I'd get a little too close to my internal monologue. I mean, I'm fairly certain that I've gone 24 hours without talking before. Like, you know, just like not obviously now, but like in my single life when I was just sort of doing my own thing, like maybe where I'd like text or something, but definitely not speaking out loud. Like I can definitely go a whole day without feeling a need to speak out loud. But anyway, we're getting a little off the topic. I'm supposed to give a number. Um <laughs> I'm not doing so great, to be honest. Um, I'm a little anxious taking my first flight since the pandemic began on Thursday, which I've like rationalized that I feel is safe enough. But I'm just more like worried how I'm going to react once I'm actually on the plane. You know, like I feel like I've done the mental preparation, but I can't necessarily know what like my mind is going to do. You know, if something unexpected happens, because I already have so much anxiety about flying. So like I got like all the ridiculous things. I got like a KN95. I got a surgical mask over it. I have a face shield. I'm like basically bubble girl. Yeah. I, I contacted the airline that I'm flying being like, look, I have panic attacks and um, I'm really scared to fly. Like, can you please like you know, just try to be mindful when you're seating me and just, I don't know, just to say, Hey, fuck it. Like, you know what? I actually do have not a disability necessarily, but I'm, I'm not neurotypical, let's say. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with asking for someone to accommodate you and just seeing what happens. So I'm going to see what happens. I put in a special request with Lufthansa to see if they'll, you know, be a little more mindful with my seating. I don't really know how how full the flight will be. But I'm just a little nervous because there's a lot of unknowns. But I'm happy that I'm doing this. Like I know it's something I need to do for my own mental health, um, which has been absolutely horrible in the past like two months. So I'm really excited to like connect with friends and and all that because you know, I don't really have many friends here in Sofia. So I've been really lonely. You know, I pretty much just have like one one friend here, our mutual friend Steph. I have a couple of people who I, I see occasionally, but not super close with. So I've been super lonely. So I'm just sort of trying to listen to myself and do something that I feel is out of my comfort zone, but not necessarily unsafe. So, yeah. um, but I'm still pretty anxious about it. So I guess I'm like a seven. I woke up with like profound nausea this morning, like. And even through the night, too, it's just like the sensation of I'm not going to barf, but I feel like I could barf at any moment and it wouldn't surprise me. Like, I just had that feeling for like hours and hours and hours. So that leaves me with a not great number. What did I say? Like seven? Seven's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, before I go on my uh, number rating, I think you can take some solace in the fact that you've clearly done everything you can that's in your grasp and you I think you'll have plenty of room on the flight just based on what I've seen other people flying so you should have plenty of space on your own but uh, I think you know good for you for reaching out and even just knowing that they're aware of it I think that's a good thing and I think you're you're right it's not necessarily like a quote-unquote disability but you, you're right you know if you're if you're feeling anxious about it and it's something that's built up into something this large then I think even whether or not they even take any steps to accommodate or whatever, at least, you know, when you're heading to the airport on Thursday, you're like, I have, you know, I've crossed all my T's and dotted all my I's and here we go. And yeah. I'm, ex- and I'm excited for you as well, because kind of, uh, something which we mentioned on previous episodes, or actually last episode, when you had mentioned that you were going on this trip, I think it's going to be great to put a period at the end of this sentence and Sophia, a long stretch that's been difficult for you. And then you get to go somewhere and um, you get that feeling of mm-hmm. coming home, you know, that familiarity to come back to because what feels great about home, as we've talked about, can sometimes be lost if there's no other place you're going. So exactly. I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm really excited too. I think I've done everything that I can do in order to feel safe about going and 
yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely out of my comfort zone, but I just don't want to spend, you know, winter is coming and I see myself coming into like a, one of the darker periods probably of my life with a combination of seasonal depression, quarantine, depression, everything. So I'm like, I need to do something. I need to start taking some steps to um, making things a little better because, you know, in some ways it's been a blessing being away from the United States during this pandemic, you know, obviously with the political situation and how, how bad it is with um, just, you know, the politicization of masks, but it's, it has also been hard in a way because I don't have like people that I'm close to who I can just like get in a car and go see, you know, Mm -hmm. like my family Mm -hmm. and all that. So um this isn't my family but you know it's close enough and i think it'll help a lot so yeah I'm looking well, forward I mean, to I'm, it as we've mentioned when we're checking in since we started the podcast it's been a period of tumult and each week has presented its own ups and downs and challenges so i'm sure everyone who's listening appreciates you just being like i'm not doing great um because i'm sure there's someone else who's listening who's like just appreciating the fact that they're not uh, alone in that, and mm-hmm. and also that it's that's okay as well, right? That period of being down is is not indefinite. Just like feeling good is not indefinite. It's constantly in flux, and uh, not always fun to be in flux. No. But uh, at the same time, to you just take it day by day. So mm-hmm. um, I have a feeling when you land um, in Germany, you're going to have a sense of excitement and relief to be on a bit of an adventure and get mm-hmm. a little bit of a reprieve and yes, plus, i'm so looking forward to that plus um i hope you've got the bubble costume that i sent in the mail to you yes i will be basically just wearing an entire roll of bubble wrap okay good i just wanted to make <laughs> sure that i sent that all the way from canada express so that yeah. was for you perfect <laughs> uh before i forget how about you chris on a scale of one to day one of your the Pasana retreat. <laughs> so I think I'm doing all right. Um, I'm not terribly anxious per se. I'm more just a little squirrely today, probably more on the ADHD side of things. I think I spent a lot of creative capital over the last week, if that makes sense. <laughs> oh, just, 100%. And then you're just it, bankrupt after. Yeah. A so point. like I, I sat down to write something this morning and it was just like, no, this, this isn't going to happen. And then my computer started acting up a little bit. And I was like, you know, you know, when you get that, like, um, urge to be like, you're like, I'm frustrated. What if I just smashed my computer? You know? Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I had like a few of those urges and I was like, all right, all right, all right. I got to just like, I got to take a deep breath and just do the things that I want to be doing right now. And then I had a tech issue with the back end of my site and it's something that I wanted fixed immediately. And I could have gone on and talked to the people I needed to live on chat, but I decided that because I was, I would have fixated on it so intensely and it would have sent me into probably into a spiral because I was already in kind of like a precarious state. I just Mm -hmm. sent them an email and explained everything in depth and then just left it and they'll get back to me. And I feel like that was the right decision because I would have spent all morning doing that. But instead I prepped a few things that I needed to prep. I knocked a few things off the to-do list. I realize now like I used to wake up and if there was something on my list, and I had no creative capital left, I would just trudge through it and I would hate myself. And I, you know, I would just, it would take me five times as long. And and I can at least appreciate that I realized I just didn't have it today. And uh, hopefully I will tomorrow, but that's just part of objectively looking at where you're at. And I think if you're running your own business, which I feel fortunate to do most of the time, um, <laughs> then I, that's the privilege I've, I've afforded myself to, to actually listen to what do I need to be doing today? Because some days I feel like I'm, you know, Van Gogh, it's creativity out the wazoo, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'll just count on those days being in the future. So I think anxiety wise, nothing too heavy in that sense. I just feel like I just feel a little squirrely today and a little bit like, you know, if the right piece of tinfoil was rolling down the street, I think I'd end up chasing it. So I just need to, uh, <laughs> I just was pretty much making sure that I was mentally ready to come for this. But if I had to give a number, maybe like a two or a three, but uh, the ADHD side of things, which I think is actually spurred by the fact that I don't have a lot of 
that creative capital, which I think actually tends to be something of a direction seeker for me. You know, when I feel creative, I do those creative tasks. And when I don't, any of that empty space, as you'll know, when it's just like when you lack direction, it can always uh, get the ADHD excited and the um, and anxiety can get excited too, because we've mm-hmm. talked before about how blank mental space tends to get filled I don't want to say bad forces because that just seems ridiculously simplistic, but, 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 you know, usually if you have empty space and you're prone to issues around mental health, we can often fill in those gaps rather poorly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Very creatively imagining different demises. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, But I'm looking forward to spending this, time um, chatting about meditation because it's something I am passionate about, but hopefully not in a douchey way. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. I don't know. I'm a little skeptical with you. Exactly. Yeah. The listeners and you can be the judge will, you know, we can have a rating at the end (laughs) to figure out (laughs) just how douchey I was. But, you know, all jokes aside, I I think it'd be the reason that I'm excited about an episode like this is because I think the value of having a podcast like this with the two of us who are similar in some ways but really different in other ways is this is a topic where like we're both very i think intrigued by meditation but have different understandings views practices around it yeah so one would think that would be something valuable for listeners mm-hmm. um, which i still must admit in the back of my head i want to call readers every time <laughs> I oh man yeah i think what when we do these things where we diverge a lot it's helpful because people tend to see anxiety in sort of just the way I guess it's been portrayed in media, which is just like, you know, a a chaotic spiral of thoughts. And yes, Mm. it is that. But you know, it's also like waking up sick to your stomach. It's also worrying about the past. It's also fear about, you know, relationships. It's also about not being able to sit still. There are all these different facets of it, but not everyone feels all of those, right? Mm -hmm. And just as we have different things that make us anxious, there are also different things that calm us or fail to calm us. Um, And so I think it's just useful to share the entire spectrum of experience so people can sort of pick and choose what they relate to and pick and choose what tactics they try to alleviate and live with their anxiety with a little more ease. So I guess I'll go first talking about uh, meditation because I have a little more uh, issues with it than other people do. Basically, I have found in the past that meditation can be helpful, but consistency is really not my strong suit. And I don't know whether that anxiety just sort of preemptively deciding something doesn't work and going to the worst case scenario, or if that's more of a depression thought that's like, it's not worth you feeling better anyway. So what's the point? Or like, you know, even if you do feel better, you're not going to keep it up. So what's the point? I don't know which negative voice is basically derailing all my meditation desires or like, I, you know, I would like to be someone who meditated daily for five to 10 minutes. I I do think it would be helpful for my mental state. The problem is I just lack the commitment to it and commitment and motivation for me are extremely difficult things to just put into practice. And it drives some people who I talk to, like my psychiatrist, crazy, who's just like, but just, but just, just do it. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't work like that. Like, I, I mean, to some extent, yes, it does. But at the same time, if you're waking up every single day with zero motivation, how many, how many times can you just continue to force yourself to do something that feels so unnatural to you? You know, and it can get really hard when you don't have that internal motivation, which I think for me is more of a of a depression side of things. So for me, it's a little bit painful because I would like to meditate because I've done it before and I know that it helps me when I've had some consistency to it. But I lack the 
self-love or self-dedication or whatever to really just commit to it. I make excuses, I stop doing it, I get frustrated, and then I abandon ship totally. What about you? Yeah, so I'm going to guess that a lot of people who just listen to that will be able to resonate with it in some way. It's a difficult thing to create a routine around and probably only now in my life have I actually created some routine around it, but it's because I just had to tether it to like, I just do it before I shower in the morning. Um, Well, usually in like, I'll wake up and spend a couple hours just working on whatever. um, When my mind, I feel like still has that uh, creative capital, which apparently I'm going to say 700 times (laughs) this episode. It's the title of your book that you're launching. Oh my gosh, I feel like that would just peg me as the worst. People who <laughs> creative capital, you know, like how would you say yeah. that without um, but maybe unless if every if all the listeners reach out to me and want that book, then maybe. But yeah, joking aside, I think it took a long time for me to build it into my routine. I mean, the first my first experience with meditation was I started to get really fascinated by Buddhism and I was living in South Korea in Seoul. And I remember I was, I guess I was 20. And there was this hill near my house. And I would go up and like sit on a bench in the dark and just like, close my eyes and, you know, meditate or whatever. But I, I realized now, I I guess I wasn't really meditating. If you can even talk about what meditation really is, I, I guess what I'm getting at is based on how loud my conscious and subconscious seems to be kind of like a loudspeaker inside my head. Silent meditation didn't work well for me. And it's only really when I found guided meditation that wasn't uh, really corny, like, oh, you found yourself, say hello, you know, like, (laughs) when I found guided meditation that actually spoke to me, that's the only time I've, it's only recently that I've found that and been able to make some headway with that. Um, but I, I want to come back to something you said, which is the, this sort of inherent irony of being anxious about something, which you know, if you do will help your anxiety. And it's almost, to me, it's almost this thing where it gets built up into something larger than life. And so you think to yourself, like, I, I really should meditate. But, you know, that's a huge mountain. And I don't, I don't know if I have those hiking shoes, really. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not sure I want to lace up those boots and try to tackle that mountain. But I think if there's one thing that I would communicate in this episode, it's just that it, it's really not a, a mountain, right? It's, it's just about, like, just, just take a step towards it. Even if it's like, I'm going to close my eyes for one minute a day. And, and breathe in and out and just note in, out, in, out. Like that's still meditation. I had a huge problem when I started meditating by defaming myself. Like every <laughs> time I would meditate, I'd be like, yeah, like there'd be a voice in the back of my head that was like, yeah, but you know, that wasn't real meditation, Chris, because you're yeah. shit at this, you know? Like, and I, I it, heard you thinking about what you were going to eat for dinner that night. Therefore, you failed. Yeah. and And it's only really... This is a book I've mentioned a few times, but it's only really when I when I read Dan Harris's book, Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, and I started to listen to a lot more people that were talking about meditation in a way that felt human. Like we, we weren't talking in just like abject metaphors. It was just like, really, it started to become a little bit more simple for me, which was, I guess, the, the, the one thing that crystallized for me was, so I used to meditate and I would like a thought would come into my head that would be like, like I haven't had hot dogs in a while. I should probably have hot dogs or something like that. Right. And then, and then this voice would come in and be like, wow, Chris, look at you thinking about hot dogs during a meditation. (laughs) You should feel like absolute garbage. But the trick is that actually catching yourself thinking about something shows that you're starting to gain some mastery over looking at your thoughts. Yeah. And so actually, you shouldn't be like, wow, look at you, you failure. You should be like, hey, way to catch that thought. Um, And then you just push that thought to the side and try and get back on track 
tethering myself to the in and out breath, just thinking in, out, it was really helpful. Uh, I find the guided meditations on the 10% app, which is paid to be really good because they're, they really lack that like over the top hullabaloo, but some are good and some aren't, but that's a paid app. Fun fact though, I actually, I read that book, um, Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics, and then I was excited about the app and I went to check out the app. And I realized the app was like 139 bucks US a year. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen while I'm currently a travel writer who's not writing about travel. <laughs> so I emailed them and was like, hey, I don't know if you have like sympathy for this at all, but like I'm really interested in what your app's all about. And I'm not going to fork it $139 for that right now because that seems ludicrous based on the fact that I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. And they got back to me like within, I don't want to say like two hours. And they're like, oh, like that's totally understandable. Here's a free six months. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And and that was like really something I genuinely appreciated. So that's what I've been using. And I've really enjoyed what I've been, um, what I've been hearing there. But I mean, that's a really long-winded way of saying <laughs> that I think it's like you just got to find what works for you with meditation and i also would say like i go through periods where i try to meditate every weekday and give the weekends off to myself and sometimes i'll naturally meditate anyways but it's one of these things that like it can become really defeatist if you start to become anxious about the fact that you're not meditating right like it becomes this insane spiral where it's like i started meditating so i could relieve some of the anxiety and get better in touch with myself and my thoughts but here i am creating a new stream of hate to direct at myself because i'm not meditating which adds to your anxiety so you want to make sure that i think you frame meditation under the umbrella of try it out dip your foot in the pond do your best and don't expect to be if you've never swam before, like, why would you be an Olympic swimmer? Like, you're not going to be Michael Phelps the first time you get in the pool, so to speak. Yeah, I think I really struggle with going through the beginner stages of things. I want to start everything, not necessarily as an expert, but like as someone who just has a natural talent for it. And so I've always had a very low frustration tolerance. And I've been like this since I was a kid. And I think honestly, it's a pretty shitty personality quality, you know, where like anything that was hard for me, I was just like, nah, I'm just gonna do the thing that's easy for me. I've just always been one of those people who kind of shies away from things that are really difficult for me to understand. And I then engage a lot more fully in things that I do understand, because I find the beginner stages of things painful. So like, Whenever someone tries to explain like a basic economic concept to me, I'm like, la, 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 I can't hear you. La, 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 la. <laughs> like I just, I don't even want to engage because I find it painful because I'm at that beginner level. And same for like things like get developing hobbies. It's really hard for me to develop hobbies because like I would never play guitar but like, imagine that I were going to play guitar, like I would hate being a beginner at guitar. I hate the beginner stage of things. And I feel like I'm at that stage with meditation. But also, I don't like things that don't have like a tangible outcome or result that I can point to at the end of it. Mm -hmm. and like this was worth it because. Exactly. And with meditation, Oftentimes I'll sit down to do like a five minute meditation and then get so fidgety by minute three or four or so like annoyed with their voice or so <laughs> yeah. just there's something that just I cannot actually sit through the freaking five minutes. And so then it's like, well, what was the result? Like I didn't even my result can't even be just like, oh, I completed the meditation. Sometimes it's like, no. I didn't complete the meditation. And then sometimes there are times where like, I'm like, okay, Allison, you've been doing that thing where you sit down for a five minute meditation. And then in minute two and a half or three, you like cancel it. Like you, you can, you can sit for five minutes. Like, even if you don't like go along with the meditation, you're not allowed to turn it off. And then so like, I just sit there with like my fists practically <laughs> forming. I'm just like, I don't want to sit through another minute of this stupid 
breathing and like I get really agitated. Um, and I think part of it is just like, I don't know, I'm a little bit like rebellious by nature. I'm kind of naturally inclined to want to disagree with people sometimes. And that's not really a great state to meditate in because they're like, there's a yellow calming light inside of you. And I'm like, I'm not fucking calm. Where's the goddamn light? <laughs> Can you find the light? Cause the light's off in here. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I, those are my bones to pick with meditation. And this is all coming from a place of someone who would like to learn, but these are like my pain points with it because I do see yeah. the value of it. I'm not trying to like denigrate it. It's just, this is where I struggle with it. And I think a lot of it too is having a bit of undiagnosed ADHD, like inattentive type sitting or lying down without a goal or action is like very painful to me. And mm -hmm. I, I don't find listening to my breathing very compelling. And I know that you you have great success with meditation. And when I say great success with meditation, I just mean you practice it consistently and get something from it, um, mm -hmm. despite having ADHD. So like, I, I can't really just blame it on that. But for me, I have a lot of physical discomfort in my body almost all the time. And um, whether that's like chronic pain from depression or like restless legs and I don't know I, I I'm basically a walking DSM-5 I'm like you 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 open the book and point to it I probably I'm like oh yeah I think I have that but um do you want to do you want to quickly explain what DSM-5 is for people who oh, might not yeah. know um DSM-5 um I don't remember what it stands for but I can google that um but basically, it it's, is... Isn't it the Diagnostical and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th um, edition? edition? Which, before <laughs> it was the 5th, it was like the 4th edition, but it was like IV. And I didn't realize that the IV was for 4. And I was like, yeah, it's in the DSM IV. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds cooler. <laughs> yeah, I know. But yeah, that's what the American Psychological Association or Psychiatric Association uses to diagnose mental disorders. So basically what I'm trying to say is if it in that book, it's in my head most likely. <laughs> it should also be mentioned just for context here, like this is a – if you want to look at the – just an example of like the sheer breadth of – just how far and how many directions mental health expands. The DSM-5, if I'm not incorrect, is close to 1,500 pages. That sounds um, about right. Yeah. yeah. It's quite long. It's it is a huge. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. I might have... Um, no, that's a good aside. There. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, just something about me really hates being still. And that's mm -hmm. why I have more success with um, yoga than meditation because I can focus on doing something with my body mm -hmm, mm -hmm. while also getting some of the like kind of clearing your mind, focusing on breathing things. So yeah, I, I'd love to speak to that a little bit actually, because yeah. I had a similar issue where I, I had a really, really narrow conception of what meditation was. So I got frustrated that I couldn't fit into the box. And for me, it was sitting down cross-legged in an absolutely silent environment, which doesn't exist for me because I can pick up like, you know, the wing of a cicada a mile away, you know? <laughs> and it's like, so I, it just didn't work for me through that silent mode. I can sometimes do it with earplugs if I really want to do silent meditation or whatever. But anyways, I'm a tall guy for people who don't know my height, which uh, they wouldn't for any reason. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm 6'2". And I've played lots of sports my whole life and, and my knees are like not the best. So my problem was like, I would sit down, I'd have my back straight and all of this kind of stuff. And then my knees would start to hurt after like 45 seconds. But I thought like, oh, this is the only way to meditate. So like I better suck it up. But then after like minute 12, when I like undid my legs, it was like a stale pretzel. It was just like, I don't know, it just couldn't be undone. <laughs> um, and so I resented it. I was like, well, I don't want to do that because that's literally physically painful. Yeah. And then I realized that like, I just sit in one particular chair now that's in the bedroom. It's like a pretty erect chair by the window and I get some fresh air and stuff. And also meditation can be walking. There's plenty of mock, mm -hmm. like walking meditation. That's 
a valid form of meditation, I'm almost positive. Like I go for probably four or five long walks a week. Sometimes listen to podcasts, sometimes not mostly listening to podcasts, but that flow that I get into where I just kind of forget times going on or whatever, you could easily put that as meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm stressed out at my desk, I use the calm app. Um, They have a section there called calm body. And there's a ton of different, um, there's like morning wake up, which I do a lot. There's like afternoon, whatever. There's a whole bunch of stuff that you could easily quantify as meditation, even though it's moving. So my point being, I think so much of the anxiety around meditation comes from this hyper specific, narrow view of it. It's like, you've created a disciplinarium for yourself where it's like, sit still, cross your legs and sit there until the time's up, like giving yourself a timeout almost when like, really, of course, you're going to hate and resent it if you've created these horrible parameters to to be inside so yeah like if you have like a mrs trunchbull in your head just like get in the jokey when you don't do (laughs) your meditation properly yeah i mean of course we talk a lot about like the self-flagellation of anxiety but i think it can be really easy to put yourself in that box and be like you're not doing it right you know yeah but really that of course is something we're creating right like it's Mm -hmm. meditation so broad it can yeah. be walking, it can be stretching in a sense, it can be can be sitting in a chair, like it doesn't have to be sitting cross-legged and whatever. And the other thing too, of course, is like, it's not to say that meditation is for everybody either. Like there's going to be people who try it out and it doesn't work out all that well. I can only speak to the fact that through meditation, I've become better at actually examining my thoughts before they overwhelm me. So mm-hmm. that, and that to me has been invaluable because I used to be like I've taken away some of that negative impulsiveness and it feels like over time I've made better decisions. But to speak to your point earlier, like I did struggle at first that like I didn't see the tangible results. It's not like working out where you're like, my muscles look stronger. You know, like it's not like you can look at your brain and be like, looking sharp today, bud, you know. You got some um, nice wrinkles in that brain. Yeah, that's a Ooh, fun that wrinkle. frontal lobe is looking real <laughs> developed. That amygdala looks small and not overly responsive, girl. <laughs> that's a fun amygdala. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. But then over time, you... You do notice these things. For me, I got obsessed with the tracking of it, right? Like I connected all the meditation apps to Apple Health. And now I have this like thing where it's like, you've meditated like 300 and whatever times for like a billion minutes. And so whenever I feel down about not having meditated for a couple of days or whatever, the first thing I see is like, look how much you've meditated uh, in your cool. life. And that's quite helpful for, for me to, yeah. to see like, Hey, there's some progress, but I just know that that's the way my brain works. Of course, the praise squirrel, right? Mm -hmm. I need to be like my own little cheerleader, like, you're doing fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think you made some great points there. Um, I liked what you were saying about we visualize meditation as like the dreadlocked dude sitting on a meditation cushion with his legs crossed and, you know, doing like very deep tantric breathing or whatever but like that's not the only version of meditation that matters and there are times where you might even be meditating without necessarily realizing it 100% so like the other day I was super anxious lying in bed and it was just like to the point where I just almost felt like I was like suffocating in my own bed I wasn't having a panic attack but it was just that I don't know you know how sometimes when you get anxious you just feel like a feeling of like compression and Mm -hmm. tightness everywhere like I was just having that sort of physical sensation and so I was like I gotta get out of here I gotta get out of this bed and so I went out to the couch and I just did deep breathing just like for like probably honestly like 10 or 15 minutes without even really thinking about it and then I was like oh shit that was meditation (laughs) um Mm -hmm. But I think for me, I'm actually okay at reaching for meditation as like an SOS measure or an I need help kind of thing. Like I use guided meditations when I fly for fear of flying and those help me like a lot. Or I have like SOS panic meditation. So 
I find meditation helpful to me when it's like diagnosing a very specific problem, you know, and I'm like, this is the medicine for this problem. Mm -hmm. But when it's like, just like general proactive, find peace and ease and comfort with your brain, that's really where I struggle. So like, it's like, I don't mind using it as a tool when I'm upset. But as like something that I incorporate into my daily life, I've never been consistent with it. That's fascinating. And actually, it rings true for me too, because I always search for a different meditation each day applicable to how I'm feeling. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll type in like stress and this will come up. Sometimes I'll type in like break, you know, and find one around like a work break. Yeah. And then I start to put a favorite beside them and save them for the for like guided meditations for different moments. I too need to feel like whatever meditation, guided meditation I'm doing that day is in service of easing something for me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I want to get to a place where I feel more comfortable just listening to sort of a background track, uh, like like some soft music or something, or just they have a lot of meditations where you would type in five minutes and at the end of each minute would be a bell or the end of five minutes would be a bell letting you know how time's going. And mm-hmm. I'd like to get there. I'm, I'm still kind of in my infancy. I think I, I've been exploring it for a decade. I think I've been seriously interested in it and having it be a part of my life for the last maybe 14 to 16 months or so. And I feel a tangible difference, but it's this sort of chicken and the egg thing where it's like, because I know now that a year or so of meditation has had an effect, I'm able to ascribe value to meditation. But before I made it a part of my routine for a year, (laughs) I couldn't assign it that value. So you need to kind of come to that conclusion yourself because I don't know, it's kind of one of those things that can fall on deaf ears. Like when enough people are like, oh, you, you have to meditate, it's life changing or whatever. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I get it, right? Yeah, that's when Um, at least my rebellious side kicks in and is like, well, you just ensured that I'm never going to do that. Right. Yeah, right. And and then also this idea like, I would never ascribe to someone like, oh, you you need to meditate because of ABC or whatever. Like, the only thing I would say to people is like, meditation is such a long game to the point of like, I expect to be practicing meditation my whole life. Like there's a reason it's called practicing meditation and not like perfectly performing meditation. You stole that <laughs> right? from me, by the way. Really? Yeah. Unconsciously? Yeah. We recorded it on this podcast. I like, well, it's even in our show notes once you're like, Allison has a breakthrough on why it's called practicing meditation. Oh shit. Well, I guess, does that mean like, is, is this a full circle moment where I get to say I'm enlightened now? Yeah, I think so. Well, look at me. I'm I'm unconsciously listening. This is you should be thrilled to know that I'm not just uh, waiting for my chance to speak and just spewing <laughs> out a cacophony of stuff. So, well, good for you. Thank you for teaching me. That was secretly meditation then for me because I internalized that. So good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, now that my train of thought has been derailed <laughs> and all of the cabooses have had their goods stolen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that took a very strange turn. Yes, I, I don't try. think you're allowed to conduct this train anymore. No, I think I've been fired. Uh, <laughs> anyways, stealing your good points aside, the thing that I would underline really is just, it is a lifelong journey that I expect to be on. I'm not speaking from a place of expertise at all, but I think when I first started talking about meditation, even to friends and other people around me, they kind of expected that this journey would end up with me quietly cross-legged on a Tibetan mountain with my head shaved. And that's not the reality. It, like the extent of my practice is that I I meditate in my bedroom, often with my cat nearby, just kind of being like, I guess he's doing this again. And I have a doesn't pet me when he does this. I don't like it. He doesn't pet me even when I bother him. And I have this, I mentioned this before, but I have this huge Nepalese, um, I don't know. The parables? Not like a parable. It's like one of those like sort of entrancing circular paintings slash drawings that I got in Kathmandu. Yeah, exactly. Mandala. And so I like, I kind of have that staring back at me and it feels good. Yeah, I, I, 
think that's kind of where I was looking to take it. I think I put some of the cabooses back on the track there. But the goods uh, are still stolen. I think the, I'm trying to recover the goods, obviously. No, they're think lost, they, Chris. They've been stolen by yeah. um, the, the whoever you call the people who hop on the train to like the the train hitchhikers. Yeah, whatever the uh, hop on va- vagrant. I don't know, vagabond. <laughs> um but uh i actually do i now that you bring that up i do remember the exact moment because i remember you were like there's a reason it's called practicing meditation and and i remember being like whoa i don't know what episode i was on but anyways um kudos and i think we're like we've made pretty good progress on talking about meditation Mm -hmm. at large um where else did you want to take this I guess I can just suggest a couple resources that I have found mildly helpful on my journey towards sometimes meditating. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want that to be the self-help book that comes out of this for you. My journey to sometimes meditating. <laughs> <laughs> mildly helpful resources for sometimes meditating, a book <laughs> by Allison Green. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a book to, to give you some direction. <laughs> yeah, with no guarantee. Um, so my favorite app that I use for it is Simple Habit. I've tried a couple other ones, but the thing I like about Simple Habit is that they're all different people recording things. So if you don't like someone's voice and you're like rolling your eyes while they're speaking, like, you know, go fuck yourself with your fucking crystals, lady. Like I can hear your room full of Himalayan salt crystals and I don't like it. Like if I hear too much of that, I can just cancel it and find someone who's like a better, a better fit for me. I didn't see the uh, I didn't see the fuck yourself with the crystals thing coming. So that was uh, I didn't mean physically. I meant just like you know, like a vaguely, not like a. Okay, so there's a there's a like there's like a bit of a comma or like a dot dot dot. They're like you can go fuck yourself dot 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 like with, with your yeah. crystal. No, I'm not so suggesting on. any. Yeah. Uh-huh. The crystal form, fornication. No. Yes. Um, okay. Good. But no, just like you know, people who it's like there's energy on this plane and you can access it by envisioning a ball of floating yellow light melting softly. Like I hate that kind of shit. And so like, you don't have to deal with it. You can just find uh, things. And I also like that it has stuff that's just like catered to uh, different, different moments. Like you said, with your app, it's like, you know, I need to take a break. I need to improve focus. I need to stop worrying I've used that app more consistently and haven't canceled it than other apps. So that's a big endorsement from me. Yeah, um, that's a huge endorsement. <laughs> yeah. And I will also say um, that I read a bit of Full Catastrophe Living by John Kabat-Zinn. And I thought it was a really interesting book, although I didn't finish it. But um, it had some interesting stuff on meditation for chronic pain which is something that I struggle with but like I basically just gave up because he's like do a 45 minute body scan and I'm like I would rather be in pain for the rest of my life than do a 45 minute (laughs) body scan fuck you so I've done those body scans before and they're really painful it's just yeah it's like start with your head how does your cranium feel yeah it's like are you noticing anything about your cranium and it's like ears the top of your ears How yeah. do you, and, and and then it, it slowly goes down it's like those shoulders are they tense big guy yeah. and you're like three okay. quarters of the way down your earlobe you yeah. know like hyper specific yeah your fingernails what are they communicating fourth tooth from the left <laughs> and you're just like come on but i thought i thought the text of the book was really interesting the data behind the study um it was like following people with really severe chronic pain and using guided meditation to uh, improve their quality of life. It was really interesting. I just like, I was like, well, fuck it. I'm not doing the 45 minute body scan. But I mean, if you're going to actually, you know, like read it in full and not just get thrown off by that and you have chronic pain or some sort of chronic condition that could benefit from it. um, It was an interesting book, what I read of it. And I uh, just checked my Kindle and I have read 4% of meditation for 
fidgety skeptics. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, great. Did you have anything else you wanted to add there or, or um, shall I uh... go ahead? Yeah, I don't really have too many tips because I'm such a work in progress with it. But also, I guess. Um, oh, one tip is um, for me, when I'm having a moment of panic, I like to do um, different um, just like simple counting breathing exercises. And you can kind of pick whatever like works best for you. For me, I like to do basically like whatever my in breath is sort of double it on the out breath, but you can just find whatever's comfortable for you. So like, I'll usually like breathe in for three, breathe out for six and just kind of repeat that. And that to me is a helpful meditation technique, but you can just find like whatever pattern is best for you. But the idea is to have your out breath be roughly double your, your in breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, played around with a lot of those different things. I did one for a while that around square breathing, where you would choose like, let's say five seconds or seven seconds or whatever it is. So like you'd breathe in for seven seconds, hold it for seven seconds, breathe out for seven seconds, and then have that space in between. Like that's a lot you... of math. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's that's I'm trying to make sure that I make everybody anxious about it. But it's most the most helpful part is that seven seconds after you breathe out before you breathe in again because there's it's kind of like a pause mm -hmm. but anyways i that took me some time to do without being lightheaded <laughs> <laughs> but that can be helpful and again i'm not like a master with any of this stuff at all i just tried out a bunch of things i tried out seven seconds or four seconds i tried out you know i've tried out everything because i want to expand my understanding and I read a lot about meditation and that kind of stuff because I'm just fascinated in how I can get better because I think I've discovered that it's helpful for me but to suggest that I'm anything but a work in progress with this stuff too is uh, would, would be a mistake uh as far as tips on my side did you have any more tips I don't, I don't want to cut you off oh, but, no, uh, that's it. okay okay cool uh I I think I've kind of been speaking in tips this whole episode yeah. because realistically this episode was kind of probably just set up from the beginning as like you're kind of not totally sold on it yet and i think i am so that's the conversation we had anyway so i don't think i need to rifle through the the resource list again if anyone if, if i piqued anyone's interest with anything i said before i'm sure they've noted it or written it down or whatever and we can try and put some of this stuff in the show notes as well but uh one book that i just did like for just keeping my head in the present was um, Thich Nhat Hanh's book, You Are Here, Discovering the Magic of the Present Moment. It's one of those titles that I think, I mean, from the outside, like a title like that, if you're going through an anxious moment, like discovering the magic of the present moment, it, it can possibly make you feel a little sick to your stomach and possibly throw up in your mouth a little bit because it sounds so like, Buddhism kindergarten gleeful, you know, like, well, come over here where we all eat lollipops and don't gain any weight, you know. Uh, but I think it's actually quite down to earth. My biggest pet peeve is texts on meditation or staying in the present moment or Buddhism that are so filled with flowery language that you can't even figure out what anyone's saying. And that book, from what I remember, was pretty direct. I mean, some parts weren't necessarily for me, but that was an interesting book for me to um to consider mm -hmm. uh the the other thing that i've just found helpful is not thinking about meditation as this big thing that i do every day that's part of this overwhelming process as i walk towards this unattainable mountain but more thinking about meditation as a, a meeting that i schedule with myself for self-care every day oh that's and I nice don't, i like that and i just i don't really worry about the result of it because I don't expect the meeting to go well every day, you know, so some days I sit down and I'm just not in that headspace and the five minutes is painful. And sometimes I, it's the evening and I'm a little tired and don't know what else to do. And I sit down and do 15 minutes lying down on a yoga mat and it's great. But the important thing is that more days than not, I schedule a meeting with myself to check in and just to make sure that meeting isn't 
too stressful. I kind of think of the guided meditator as the mediator of that meeting <laughs> that I have with myself, just to make sure it's not too strenuous. <laughs> and to keep you on track. And to keep me on track. Yeah, because otherwise, we don't want to go down the uh, the hot dog path. Although I haven't had a hot dog in like a decade. So I don't know why that would be a thought that I would have. <laughs> uh, but now I kind of want one anyways. But I think that like that takes some of the pressure off. You're like, you just say to yourself, I don't want to miss the meeting I have with myself today. And you can choose whatever time that it can be one minute, right? It can be five minutes, it can be 10 minutes. But like, if you feel like if you know, five minutes is going to be horribly painful, do yourself a favor and sit down for one minute. Because I think a lot of people would be shocked by how big a difference one minute with your eyes closed and breathing deeply can make. Mm -hmm. Like we are on the craziest schedule all of us in some ways with the way things are set up with email and notifications and whatever, there is no catching up. There's just coming to peace with the fact that you never will be caught up. And for mm -hmm. me, the that meeting with myself is just like kind of a reminder of like, don't worry about checking in with everybody else and being caught up to everybody else. Like just take a moment to catch up with yourself. And uh, that's kind of why I like meditation in the first place. And that's not to say I do it every day. I try to do it more days than not. And that seems like an attainable goal for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good goal. And I like the meeting with yourself framework. It's it's nice. And I think the other thing you said was like, if you know, five minutes is painful, try one. I think I need to take your advice there. Because clearly five minutes is stressing me out. And so I should probably just schedule more frequent mini check ins, yeah. just breathing and working on that and on that note just and this is just kind of could be for you or could be for somebody else uh when i was stressed out at the beginning of, of my i can't say meditation journey out loud without hating myself a bit but <laughs> i like when i was starting to meditate i was stressed out about the ticking clock you know like the fact that i was on the clock and i was like i would start to be like was this clock even working this can't have been one minute or whatever yeah so i would just focus on taking 10 deep breaths so like 10 in out you know, kind of like one, two, 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 three, two, and just do that 10 times. And usually accidentally that would end up being like two minutes um, or two, two and a half minutes or whatever. But it took away the pressure of knowing that there was a, an hourglass turned over that was going to be like, that was sort of imposing its will on me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, should we wrap things up here? I think it's kind of a good place to yeah. move into our um, our weekly praise injection. Our patting ourselves <laughs> on the back. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been craving this pr the praise injection all week. Fainting, just tapping those veins like I'm ready for my praise injection. Come <laughs> on, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing in my office right now. Uh, just tap of the veins ready for you uh so right. i'll let you, you go first since you you seem to need it more than i do <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to take that um it's just chris, me trying to put this off okay sounds good so chris you are probably pretty desperate for this so uh yeah um i am patting myself on the back for continuing to explore resources and ideas around anxiety and mental health. I've since the beginning tried to take this idea of being a co-host in this podcast as a responsibility to not only share how I'm feeling, but to try and understand how other people are feeling. So we talked a little bit about this before the episode started and it's a bit of a blur. So I'm not even sure if I mentioned it on this episode, it's possible, but I don't think so. I wanted to pat myself on the back for taking out this book, Hyperbole and a Half by Ali Broch. And it's uh it's a totally absurd graphic novel by this woman, Ali Broche, who is a really talented writer and, and has an incredible way of explaining things. And in fact, some of the way she describes things reminds me of how you describe things. But she's, I'm only about a third of the way through it. She struggles with sort of debilitating depression at points. And she has some great analogies for the way that she feels about depression and why it's not always in simpatico with how other people think she might feel about it. So for example, there's this great moment where she's like, the best way I can describe it is sometimes it's like my fish are dead. 
and people keep and this is her expression of being like i just have nothing left i'm like emotionally dead for a moment i I just don't have it she's like my fish are dead and people keep coming being like don't worry we'll find your fish and she's like no no you don't understand like the fish are dead and it's just like people don't quite understand i think it's probably one of those things you'd have to see it in the book to make sense because it's it's a little bit like absurdist and leads up to that point but basically her point is that sometimes like when you understand what's going on in your mind so well sometimes when someone comes over and they're like you know like just keep trying tiger like that in and of itself can be alienating and it's just helpful for me to like the way that she writes with her prose and the way she explains things i find that i'm like it's laugh out loud funny but also incredibly uh, i'm not sure if memorable is the right way but it's vivid like i can vividly Mm -hmm. picture how she's feeling and it's i don't quite understand depression that well i've got the kind of anxiety adhd thing going on and it's been really helpful for me to look at and understand that side of things a little bit more you know i don't know i'm just i'm just fascinated with it so i'm patting myself on the back for continuing to try to um learn more so i can understand better in this podcast myself you others and continue to realize that like i still have so much to learn and i feel like the more that i'm learning the better i'm going to be able to contribute to this show in general so i'm patting myself on the back for that and i will say honestly that i was really nervous about reading about anything to do with mental health anxiety because i was scared that some of it would trigger me and send me onto tailspins but it turns out that when it's the right tone and topic it's actually really kind of helping me develop more empathy and more understanding. So that's what I'm patting myself on the back for. That was longer than I <laughs> wanted it to be. No worries. Uh, I'm not patting myself on the back for that. But what are no, you? No, you'll <laughs> never get to pat yourself on your on the back for brevity. That's just not in the cards. <laughs> so what are you patting yourself on the back for? Um, hmm. I talked a bit about my trip. So I'm patting myself on the back for making the plunge with that. But... Also, just to not repeat that, I've been working really hard on building my third travel website because, you know, that's what I do apparently when I'm like, oh, what should I do? I should just start a whole new business. Um, So I am proud to say that um, California Crossroads, my new travel blog on my home state of California, now has 55 posts in the like month or so that I've been running it because I've just been going pretty much full steam ahead. So I'm just happy that I've had momentum and excitement and passion to work on it because my excitement and enthusiasm kind of comes in waves. And I'm riding this wave hard like a California surfer that I never was or will be. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, that's, that's seriously impressive. Good for you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, that's, Largely thanks to a pretty kick-ass team of writers. So it's not all me, but I found some good help for it and it's going well. Still, I mean, you... Putting it together. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you're you're ultimately the one who's putting all of these things into, into a package and, mm-hmm. and you you created the the idea, the direction and the shell for it. So that yeah. is that is fantastic. Good you. for I'm you. I, shall, I will also virtually pat you on the back. Um, there you go. Thank uh, did you. you. Did, did, did you feel it through I the microphone? It. I felt it through the mic. Yeah, it was, good. It was very, very soft and, and uh, reassuring. Good, good. Yeah, that wasn't just like a wave of anxiety. That was a, no. that was a, that was a virtual pat on the back. Uh, so I think that about sums it up. Yep. Um, I genuinely hope that was helpful for people. And I also hope that people realize that I think we're both still figuring out meditation in a lot of ways but if we inspired anybody to open that door again that's great and i also would want to underline pretty heavily that if you decide to meditate and it's just not for you or whatever it is i don't think you need to write failure you know in permanent marker on your face like i think it's just one of these (laughs) things that you can just be like, all right, not for me. And that's fine. Like you don't need to add this to the pile of like, I'm not good at that. Um, Because like, it's almost antithetical to even think about meditation in terms of being good or not at it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, If you want to continue this conversation, you can join us in our Facebook group, We're Anxious About. I have to give a shout out to group member Ryan, who has made some truly incredible graphics uh, based on last week's episode. (laughs) So So, uh, I'm not even going to try to explain them in here. I'm just going to try to entice you to joining by being nonspecific here. But they're pretty hilarious. So if you listen to last week's episode, uh, come join us in We're Anxious About and take a look at what he came up with. It's pretty masterful. I enjoyed it. And um, we'd love to see your spins on whatever we're talking about as well. We have good senses of humor when it comes to laughing at ourselves. So, um, yeah, meme away. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And well, I don't know about you, Chris, but I'm about to, uh, you know, go do a two hour meditation in a hot jungle room now. Oh, good. I'm happy you finally built that jungle room you've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the problem. I didn't have my hot jungle room, but now I do. So I'm going to go meditate in it for now. Good, good. Well, I'm hopping the next flight over then. My Himalayan salt crystals and get going. (laughs) Good. Very good. Well, thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you are encouraged to build your own. Jungle room, uh, jungle room with uh, you know, with tons of uh, Himalayan salt crystals yourself. Um, I only imagine we're setting Ryan up for another meme with this, right? Yes. Oh yeah, <laughs> very good. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we will catch you same time, same place next week. Thank you. Bye.